What's up, everybody? This is the Pollard to Pollard podcast. I am your host, Bernard Pollard, and my co-host is my nephew, Alex Pollard. Now, before we do anything, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Pollard to Pollard podcast, our Twitter, at Pollard underscore podcast, IG, at Pollard to Pollard underscore podcast. Alex, what is up? Not much. Just hanging out. You guys just left. Uh, you know, we had a had a few beach days, so I'm starting to get back into working again. Dude, that was coming to Florida was a lot of fun. Now, my first time coming to Florida and having to go through Red Tide. Now, for everybody, I didn't. I've never heard of Red Tide. Didn't know what to expect, but we got there uh, and was on the beach. I was coughing. I was yeah. sneezing. It was crazy. Now, what is what is red tide? It's I think it's like some like bacteria or something in the water, and I mean like some like sometimes that'll be bad, and like you'll feel that in the back of your throat and stuff, and that's when you like cough and stuff. Um, but then you know when we were in St. Pete the other night and just all those dead fish, yeah, is the bacteria just kills anything that swims in the water when there's enough of it. Wow. So then, you, then you know, you just get the dead fish smell everywhere. That's even worse. I'd rather drive down the beach and have to just cough a bunch than smell <laughs> dead fish everywhere I go. Oh, that's yeah. So look, the red tide didn't stop us. We had a great time. Uh, we went fishing. Um, we had a great time fishing. We went caught what forty nine fifty fish. Yep. I yeah. caught I caught seventy percent of the forty nine fifty fish. So not true. And you didn't take one fish off the hook. <laughs> Bro, time out, time out, time not, out. Not one. Okay. I told you and, and told I look, I told y'all, I don't touch dead animals. I don't hunt. I don't do any of that stuff, right? It's a good thing they were still alive. Yes, but they were like flipping and doing all that stuff. Bro, I'm not touching that. Like so our our guide, uh Randy, it was Randy yeah. and Michael. Shout out to you guys. It was awesome. They man, beautiful boat. We caught all kind of fish. Randy took all of my fish off of the hook. Um, Randy did drop one of my fish. Now, you remember would've that. Would have been, been, been 50. Yes. Been Randy 50. dropped one of my fish. I was pissed at him. He dropped it. It was it was it had to be like a eight-pounder, beautiful, no. big fish. It was like somewhere around that size. Two and a half, three. Saddle. Stop it. It was like a big fish. Uh, Randy dropped it. But nevertheless, I caught about – I did catch about eight fish. Now my nephew Vince, he caught more. I, I think Vince caught the most. And he probably caught the most, but not like only half of them were keepers. Oh my gosh! The first, the first, no, the first half of the trip, he was catching a bunch of grouper that were too small. That that All is true. That he is had to true. Throw back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I do. I remember that. I, I do remember that. I, I caught more quality fish. I, I would say I probably caught caught more quality fish. So I, I mean, I, I'm just saying, like everything we do, we turn Whatever it into a competition. Say. So we were, comp- we were competing on a boat. We got to the beach. We played cornhole. Now, I got to tell y'all, he won when we played team cornhole, right? Uh, I had another partner. He had a you partner. Got, you got smashed. I scored 15 of our 21 points. Time, time out, y'all. Now, for everybody that's played cornhole before, you know and understand, a cornhole, a cornhole board is not supposed to be a trampoline. His cornhole boards, Florida State boards, are right. literally trampolines. My board, I have a beautiful throw, as you guys follow us on IG and saw it on, on, on Twitter. My throw, my form is pretty. I, 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 I got enough air. My bag is flat. 
I'm hitting the board and I want to slide up. Every time I hit his board, literally bounced and yep. went all the way in the back. Okay. It, it was right. so annoying. We but, have the but, exact same throw. Okay, so what happened to the 1v1? I lost the 1v1. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm proud you of lost, you for that. You lost, you lost the team one. You got, you got smacked in the team one. Okay, whatever. Okay. You scored, you scored like one point for the team. Oh my gosh, he, he's definitely lying there. But he, I'm not. He, I'm not. He admitted he lost the one v one. Now, as we move, what everything else we did. Okay, look, guys. I told you everything is a competition. We played bocce ball. Bocce ball. Bocce yes. ball. I've never heard game of where you ball. you toss a big ball next to a smaller ball. That's, okay, that's it. That's that's the name of the game. I've never played it. I've never heard of it in my life. I lost. What was it? Three to one. The series yeah. it was three one. Yeah. I lost. You know, it's a new game for me. I love learning new things. Right. I had to get used to the weight of the ball. I had to get used to. I didn't know, I, I, you know, the ball, the white ball that you throw out, that's, I guess that's the marker where you throw. I didn't know all of that. He just said, let's play bocce ball. So we start playing bocce I ball. I explained the rules before we played. I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't, I don't okay. remember that. All right. Look, all I'm saying is for how much you claim to be such a great all-around athlete, I am. it's a game where you toss a weighted ball. That ball is at most six pounds definitely less oh my gosh and you're tossing it what what was the farthest we went 20 yards i don't remember i just remember me dominating you in one game i lost the other three games off of it was close games but you know i lost i i I give you that i lost but i am still the better all-around athlete i told him at 36 i will stump a mud hole in him at 36 I, I, i watched you i watched you play volleyball and, I'm a, and, you, and you saw you saw what I was capable was of doing. You you can't move in the sand. All right, whatever, dude. So Alex plays beach volleyball. So he, you know, he, he's what? What are you six three? Six six. Oh, You're close. He's he's six six. Plays beach volleyball. You know, so he tries to make it happen. So look, we had to tell you all about our vacation. I'm I'm I'm, I'm once again. I'm glad you're still tuning in with us. Uh, don't block us out because we are going to talk a little NASCAR. <laughs> we're going to talk some NFL, um, but. As we get to talking NASCAR, that's our first topic. Now, I was excited because I got to get a chance to, I got a chance to watch the race with my nephew. I watched it with Alex. We rushed home from the beach. We actually had an Uber. <laughs> we had an Uber and my wife had me cancel the Uber because it started to thunderstorm. And so we end up, everybody ended up packing up, packing the tent up and everything else. We ended up rushing home, we showered up and watch the race, the Atlanta Motor, at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, watch the race. This was an awesome race. Now, this was a track that I was having trouble with before we left to go to Florida. I was having trouble with this track on at iRacing uh, or, or uh, on iRacing. And I could not get, I was just couldn't find my groove, couldn't find my spot to turn and everything else. So it's always fun to me to be able to get a chance to watch how these drivers attack it. Now I understand I'm in the simulator, I'm not in a real car, they're in a real car and they've been doing it for a very long time. Now I'm hard on myself, Al's always saying, Bernard, stop being hard on yourself. Now Al is my spotter, Al is my dog, he's my boy. Uh, Jay, Jay, Jen is his wife, um, you know, but they're always on me, right? So getting a chance to watch this race with my nephew, um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, watching 
this race. I, I mean, it was just being able to, you know, I think Alex and I talked about it, but watching Kurt Busch win this race was so much fun to me because I actually got an opportunity last year when they raced Las Ve- in Las Vegas. That's where him and his brother Kyle Busch are from, and he won the race. And he, and you actually saw his restart, and, 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 and knowing that's the exciting part for me. When you get a chance to understand these, the backgrounds from these drivers, uh, how they can drag race, they do, you know, uh, I, I believe it's midget racing or, or, or things like that. Or racing I have midget. no idea what that is. Uh, yeah, is something that? like it's in a smaller car. So the, the, they get a chance oh. to race so many different cars and do so many different things, so many different styles of racing that they use it all in a cup car. And on a restart, once again, as I watched last year, him racing Las Vegas, and then I get a chance to watch him again this year. This dude, when he's out in front, his restarts, you see his drag racing skill set come out. And I mean, that was a lot of fun. Like, what was it, you know, you watching this race, Alex, what was it like? And you've watched, what, a couple yeah. races um, in your lifetime, but we watched this mm-hmm. race together. What was it like for you watching this um, and watching these brothers compete and just watching all the other athletes compete. And you hear, you hear athletes uh, watching all the other <laughs> yeah. drivers compete. So, so, so you slipped down in there. Yeah. Watching these guys compete. What was that like? It was pretty cool. Um, and I mean, up until that restart, I kind of thought Kyle was going to run away with it too. Um, and especially since, you know, we had been talking about how you always hear like he's the best driver on the yeah. track. And I mean, it looked like he had a solid enough lead to where he's going to be able to hold it. But um, yeah, no, that restart, that was crazy. Um, and then watching, so we talked about this, Kurt and uh, Ross Chastain, their teammates. And uh, just watching that replay of Chastain, like pretty much just cutting off Kyle so that, he, so that uh, Kurt could catch back up. That yeah. was that was pretty cool. And that, you know, was, some, that was something that you actually hit that's on. That's not cheating. That's yeah, not cheating. Th- yeah, that was something that's, you hit on. What was it? Last week, I think. Last week's episode. I think it's. I think it's last week. Yeah. yeah. And then to see it happen, that was that was actually we laughed about that. That was that was pretty. Exciting. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was perfect timing. That that fits right in. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's that's what I was talking about. Like, I mean, they're teammates. That's that's just strategy right there. There's, I mean, he's literally just slowing the other guy down to give his teammate a chance to catch up, right. um, and it helped him win. That was pretty cool to see. Uh, I think we talked about this a little bit. That track looks terrible. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that might help Kurt a little bit, get into a caution. You know, there's no way the track was, was helping people out. Yeah. It looks like it looks like one of the major roads down here with all that tar on there. It was <laughs> terrible. That is, that, that's, that's pretty funny because, uh, you know, when we saw, saw the caution come out and we, and, and we watched the guys go in and kind of, you know, um, I'm gonna say repave, but you know, to to, to yeah. try to fix it a little bit. That I think a lot of I was seeing on Twitter a lot of people were complaining about them having you know wanting to rip up the track and do some different things uh, with the track. A lot of people complain about that, but for me, I'm looking like dude, they're potholes. They're, I mean, literally, if those guys hit that, you know, oh, obviously yeah. I, I would was think big. a big accident could happen. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's the safety of the drivers and and, and everything else. So yes, I. I I'm 100% in agreement. Like, if they can fix it, let them rip it up, fix it because that was crazy. I don't think every that race was ugly. Yeah, it was it was ugly. You know, you shouldn't have to go in and kind of repave, you know, potholes in a race, slowing down a race. Uh, but yeah. that was a lot of fun, and and I mean, just getting a chance to see, you know, two brothers compete. Like, I mean, just to to, to hear these guys 
over the headset. I mean, and, and hear him shake and bake, and you see the slingshot and everything else. Oh yeah, the, and he he knew he knew when he ex- had that restart. exactly. Like yeah. that was that was so fun. And as you as you guys know, and I've I've said this, and Alex, you know, this is the part for me where I never ever witnessed. Um, I didn't understand it. I didn't know it was possible to have these different strategies in NASCAR. Uh, you know, for this this skill set for the driver to be able to use, and the the just all the aerodynamics and everything else. Like this is amazing for these guys to know where to get on a car to be able to kind of shoot his way and take away guys' air and this and that, and giving it, you know, having clean air and bad air, whatever it may be. This is the part for me where I'm so excited and I stay excited because I get a chance to talk to people and tell all of my old teammates. I was talking to one of my old teammates, uh, Michael Orr, and, you know, just kind of schooling him about it. Nate Washington, you know, talking to him on Twitter, you know, he's, you know, he's like, dude, like, what, what is it about this? Like, and it, nothing's that fun. I'm looking like, bro, like, you've got to understand, like, the football world, and I continue to say this, the football world is all we know. So when you get a chance to see, okay, wait a minute, there's strategy, there's this, there's that, and racing, man, it it just excites me. And, 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 and I got to go back to this because we had a big conversation, had a big disagreement in the living room during the, during the race oh, where, goodness. you know, a lot of my family members, they don't want to give NASCAR drivers the label athlete. They don't feel like NASCAR is a sport. And so, you know, I'm not going to stay on this long, but I I truly, I think, Alex, you agree that they were athletes, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah, and, and, and I believe you, you, you believe that this is a sport, correct? Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, so for all of you, like, hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up, you know, uh, comment in, 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 the, in the comment section. Tell us what you think. Because, I mean, a lot of people responded. We got almost 26,000 views, 27,000 views on the video. Yeah, on that was that was blowing up. Right. So, I mean, people yeah. were commenting. So, let us know. Do you think NASCAR is a sport? Do you think NASCAR drivers are athletes? I do. Well, I see, do. and on top of that, like, what we struggled with was coming up with your reasoning why. Yeah. Like, like. I want to I want to hear people's definitions of what a sport and what an athlete is, and you're not allowed to put yours in there because you really struggle with that. So you gotta you gotta rethink your whole definition process there. But you know we can. I want I want to see what other people say. Okay. Um, just because I mean it is like hard to, especially a sport. I feel like it's super hard to really define what a sport is okay. because there's so many sports that are completely different whether they're a team sport, individual sport, right. just like literally any aspect of it is like so different. So I, I think that's like a good starting point. I want to see what other people think there too. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So as we transition a bit, now I know you're going to love this. I know a lot of people are going to hate this. Don't stone us. We, we just talking, <laughs> right? Like we learning – we're learning about the sport. We're learning about these drivers. There's been a obviously we 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 saw Kurt Busch win. Uh, we saw the battle between him and his brother. I thought that was so awesome. Uh, but there's been a, there there's been a shift in momentum. Would you would you agree to that, Alex? Oh yeah, yep. We talked yep. about it. There's been a shift in momentum. Now a lot of people has been on the Kyle Larson uh, train, and I mean mm-hmm. rightfully so. This guy was dominating. He was completely 
dominating. Um, but we watched him, his car go bad at, I think it was, uh, what race? What, it wasn't, um, was it Pocono? Yeah. I think it was Pocono. So we watched his yeah. car go bad on Saturday at Pocono. He ended up finishing, uh, ran a new car on that Sunday. Uh, but we ha he hasn't been the same uh, since. Nope. And as I said, a shift in momentum with these drivers. I, what do you think about that? We, we talked about it a little bit, but as you watch the shift in momentum, I, I got to go back to last year. I watched Kevin Harvick dominate from beginning almost to end, to the end of the season. But Chase Elliott ended up coming. Him and, uh, Kevin Harvick and Demi, Denny uh, Hamlin end up, dom they were dominating every race. Uh, but we watched Chase Elliott win the championship. Now, we got to, I, I look at that, right? Um, but I watched a, a not a full season because it, it last the 2020 you know COVID year wasn't a full season. So I'm getting a chance to watch a full season, and the skill set for Kyle Larson is there. We all understand he finally has the car. He finally has the team backing him. Um, so I mean, we all know the skill set of this driver. This dude is a beast. He's an animal. But to see the shift, uh, to see the shift in momentum, what does that look like for you, Alex? Um, I think, and you know, I, obviously I haven't watched the whole season, but. You know, sitting here thinking about it, I feel like for Kyle Larson, it was more when he was winning. I feel like it was more of his ability to kind of take advantage of other people's mistakes that were going on. Um, because these last couple races that I've watched, whether it was full or little bits of or just, you know, heard what happened, um, it, to me, it's been more of whoever has had the better strategy and who has just been a more sound driver. And I say more sound driver because I still believe that he's over aggressive. Like I, I still think, you know, he was he was getting lucky pushing his car that hard. I still think that's what led to that blown tire. Um, Cause you know, seeing like Kyle Busch finish high up these last couple races, Kurt Busch up there, you know, just, I mean, he just won off that restart in my opinion. Like I, I think that restart is what won him that race. But regardless, you know, Kyle Busch still up there. And we know that he's the best driver on the track. So I think I think as the season finishes and progresses into the playoffs, um, I, I don't think he's going to win because I think we're going to see a lot less mistakes. Um, and, you know, with I, that last race is what out in Arizona. So, you know, weather in terms of like rain delays and stuff like that, that shouldn't play a factor. Like it should be a relatively clean race. I would assume, okay. and I think I think when you have like clean races like that with one or two restarts, that's that's good for Kurt Busch. Uh, a, a clean race all around would obviously be good for Kyle Busch if he's the best driver out there. Um, you know, I I don't watch a lot, but I know um, Alex Alex Bowman. He's been driving good, and we just talked about this the other day. Actually, who was it? It was uh, Denny Hamlin, right? Yeah. Who's like second in points, or he was like first or he's second like first in points with, like with, with zero wins. Yeah. So, I mean, he's doing something right, right, obviously. I mean, he can't finish out a race right now, but that, I mean, if he's first or second in points with no wins, he's killing it out there. So, I think, you know, the leaderboard, when you look at it, is a little misleading just because all of his points just come from those four wins. Mm -hmm. And when you look at what happened, you know, there were some things that, that went bad for a couple people and he was able to pull those out. Well, all right. So, I mean, I, to a certain extent, agree with you. I, I, I still say, you know, could 
does he drive hard? Maybe. I know a lot of people have hit me up on Twitter like, yo, Bernard, this dude drives his car hard. So I get it, right? Like He's a racer. He's a competitor. Um, he wants to win, as mm-hmm. as they all do. Um, I look at this, and you know, and we talk about this as far as the shift of momentum. I'm watching, as you, you already said, Alex Bowman. He's been driving well. He's been consistently up there. Exactly. Yeah, he's been I'm super looking, consistent. Right. He's been he's been consistent. I'm looking at uh, you know Martin Truex Jr. He's been consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know some things as far as his car. He's been having some difficulties in the last uh, couple races, but the dude's been riding. I, I mean, I think he's a a freaking phenomenal driver as well. Uh, it's something about the vets, right? Uh, Denny Hamlin's been doing well. I, I think Kevin Harvick is uh, starting to kind of come around a little bit. And, and I listen to a lot of what Dale is saying, a lot of what the analysts are saying. I, I, I listen to these guys uh, talking, and I listen to, you know, the, the, the crew chiefs and what the drivers are telling the crew chiefs and things of that nature as far as what's going on with the cars uh, throughout the races. Um, I, I, I do agree with you. And, and, and I'm going off of what so many people have said to me, have told me at races uh, throughout um, the year, talking about Kyle Busch. Now, man, Kyle Busch is an animal. I, I think I think we all can agree that Kyle Busch is probably the best driver on the track each week. I do believe that, you know, Given the track, you know, road course and things of that nature, that's when the Chase Elliott, he comes in. He, I, I think Chase Elliott has two road course wins this year. Um, you know, so I, I look at that. I'm, I'm looking at where we are at, what track we're at, what we're doing. Um, I look at it. Kyle Busch, I think, is the guy that's heating up out of all this as far as the shift of momentum. He, I, if, if Ross doesn't block him off, I think he passes his brother. I really do. I think he passes oh, yeah. his brother. And we yeah, no, the I race. think that block, right. that block, that block combined with the restart, it's in my opinion definitely what got Kurt that win. Correct. Because I mean, even after the block, I mean, Kyle's still right there. Right. Like, it, it, Kurt didn't run away with the race. That's and I mean, so so with so with that, like teamwork and 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 you know, Kurt was smart as far as his driving. Um, I mean, he did some things well in the race, but I just I look at it and I, I'm like Kyle Busch is an animal and i'm trying to figure out i know a lot of people have talked about this and guys hit us up talk to us uh um at crush boy 31 hit me talk to me let me know uh what you think uh hit us up on our on 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 youtube comment in the section but i try to figure out like i was at the ally 400 when they announced kyle bush's name so many people booed him and like a lot of people saying, like he takes on a glorified villain role. Like this, this guy, everybody mm-hmm. say he's a douche, he's a dick, or dickhead, whatever it may be. Like I mean, I, I just look at it. I'm looking like dude wants to win. Like I, I mean, mm-hmm. if his car's bad, like he's calling out his car. If if his team was bad, he's calling out his team. If he drove piss poor, he calling out himself, and he's annoyed with it. Like and I think so many people take that and just just like oh well. You know, we, we don't like the way he responded in, in the interviews. And I'm, I'm like, okay, he's just been 100% real. But I like this shift. I do think Kyle Larson potentially can find his way. I think Chase Elliott is going to be there. He's going to be scrapping. Kevin Harvick's going to be scrapping. Danny Hammond's going to be scrapping. Uh, Alex Bowman is, is, is freaking coming along, and he's going to be there scrapping, fighting. I like what's going on. Martin Truex Jr., I, I, I mean, this is going to be exciting for me. As we get to the you know postseason, we still got some races left. But 
This is this is fun. This is this is a lot of fun. Kurt, uh, Kurt Busch, I think finally, like I think he's in with that win. Um, yeah, that's what they were saying at right. the end of the race. Yeah, so I mean, I look at that and I'm like, okay, this is about to be exciting. Uh, this is going to be exciting um, as the shift is happening. Um, I hope Kyle Larson finds it. I know his fans. Jen, don't 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 hurt me. I'm sorry. I know he's your driver. I know a lot of people love this cat, Kyle Larson. But hey, we we got to see him bounce back. We do. We got to see him bounce back. Now, as we transition to football, uh, guys, we, we, we're going to talk all kinds of sports. We're going to talk all kinds of stuff. We're going to be talking volleyball, the Olympics, everything else. Volleyball is Alex's sport. He loves it. Uh, we're going to be talking all kinds of things. Um, we're going to transition to football. And I want to – this. these things are going to be touchy. We're going to talk about things that's going to be touchy. We're going to talk about things, but we want to make sure we are 100% transparent. We want to make sure we are transparent in how we discuss it. And, and and so these last two that we go in on, we want to go in on them. We want to be transparent. We want to be honest. And 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 like I said, we want to get your feedback. But so Alex, as we move to the NFL, will Deshaun Watson be under center for the Houston Texans September nineteenth? I yes. <laughs> oh, I thought you was about to switch. No. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with it for now. Okay. So w- why, why do you think he's under center for the Houston Texans, September nineteenth? Um, I mean, it. I for me, the only hurdle right now, technically, with is the commissioner's exemplist. Um, I think if he's allowed to be with the team, if he's allowed to practice and be there he will be under center um just because like i've i've heard that you know the investigation and everything like is really not going to start until next summer and i mean that's that's just what i've heard that it's it's getting pushed back a little bit so i think if he's let off the exemplist then they will start him because i think that if they don't start him then they're completely throwing the season away. Um, and I mean, that's not to say that they could not start him just because it looks bad for his future in the NFL because it does. Um, but I still, I still think that you can't just outright throw a whole season away, especially with a guy that who is at least that talented at quarterback is on the field. He's, He's that good. Okay. All right. So here's here's where I here, here's where I am with this. And, and so for so many people, guys, these allegations we don't want. I mean, they're 23, 24 women. Um, Something like that. Yes. So you got 23, 24 women uh, alleged allegations uh, of sexual assault. By no means are we condoning anything uh, that has happened. I, I, I look at this situation and I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he's not under center for the Houston Texans um, at the start of the season. I look at it, I say no because as bad as it sounds for me to say this, and, and I don't know any other way to say it, so I'm, I'm going to try to, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. I believe it was one or two women. I think we possibly could say yes. 
he'll, he'll be on the center. Uh, you know, some people may not give them women the benefit of the doubt, right? They, they may not hear them. Um, mm-hmm. I look at this situation and I say, there are 23 to 24 women who filed suit, 23 women I think that filed suits. Um, that's, we can't look past that. We have got to hear it because 23 to 24 women tells us something. It tells us there's something there and they're not all from the same place. And these are there. These women are saying that Deshaun Watson hired them to perform uh, massage therapy on him, and he touched them inappropriately. I think he had maybe had sexual relations with a couple of them. I don't can't remember, but there are twenty three lives, twenty three voices, and I got an opportunity to listen to and watch one of the women kind of describe and go into detail. And I think, Alex, we, we talked about this before, you know, mm-hmm. with one of my former teammates, Ray Rice, when you see things on TV, uh, you see what took place because uh, the camera caught it, it it kind of changes your perspective, right? It, it changes yeah. your outlook on, uh, or the way you, you see that, uh, the way you view that person or that situation. Uh, we watched what Ray Rice did. We watched uh, what you know, other players have done to women that have been recorded, right? We're, we have. I watched one of the women describe and just cry her eyes out about what he did to her um, in her home, and it's just one of those things where I just, it's I just don't see him getting past this, and I so badly I want to say it's not true. But I look at this and I know from dealing with former players in the past, I have a still have an old teammate that's playing right now that literally deals with this. He has he, he deals with this same thing like this is a problem. I, I truly believe that this is a problem for Deshaun. I think Deshaun has been used to um, things happening in, 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 in that those one on one sessions. Uh, that he's gotten away with, and I, I truly believe he's tried to use the same thing with every woman, and not every woman is having it. Or if you know hiring massage therapists, I played you know 19 years in the National Football League. I played football for a long time. When I go, if I go to different cities, I don't have multiple massage therapists. I'm not getting massage therapists off of Instagram, right? It's just not happening. Yes, do, are you, you know, do you become friends and y'all become friends on, on IG or whatever? Cool. Yeah, I have a couple massage therapists where we follow each other on Twitter or Instagram or on Facebook, but I'm not searching for a massage therapist that's also a model, that's also, you know, an entrepreneur, that's also, you know, doing all these different things because that right there, and, and, and I don't want to say it to be whatever. I, I don't want to downplay anything, but you know, that right there tells me something. And, you know, once again, I, I've dealt with teammates who've had problems with this. And I and, and it just takes me back to that. Like this is seriously a problem. And I just don't see the Houston Texans allow him back in. I, I think the backlash would be crazy. I don't see the NFL allow him back in. Something crazy has to you know has to happen for all of this stuff to go to rest and I don't see it. I just really don't. I, I, yeah. I don't see, 
you know, him being able to line up under center at the quarterback position, a position that's every position is important, right? But I think we all look at the quarterback position and say, okay, that guy has to be really different. I mean, obviously, we know the pay is different. Every quarterback in National Football League, if you can complete a hitch route, if you can throw a fade ball, I mean, you're going to get $100 million. I mean, you, you this guy is a leader. He has been a leader. He has been the X factor for the Houston Texans. And I just think it's a bad look. It's, it, it's bad that it happened. It's even worse if they let him back on the football field because we cannot look. We can't turn our, turn our face to this and say, okay, because he's the – star player on the Houston Texans at the quarterback position, we got to let him play. I just don't – I think we're in a different time. I think, you know, people are not going to let that – they're not going to sit – that's not going to sit well with a lot of people. I think they're going to be, like I said, backlash everywhere. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely possible. Um, I mean, I just I, – I think how you mentioned how it's different with Ray Rice, how, you know, people can see it. Um it, it it's you, you never really know how that's going to turn out you don't know if people are going to really be on him uh you know if he does get to play um just and like from what i've seen on social media yeah there's definitely been you know backlash and stuff but like nothing how it was when ray rice was on video right. like it's just it's just not the same for a lot of people um, so I, I mean, that's why I think there there might be a small chance. Just and I mean, and we both know NFL owners they're there to make money. Right. Um, Tyrod Taylor is not going to make whoever owns the Houston Texans money. They, he's he's not. So I I think you know, and especially if it, I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, and you look at the history of Jerry Jones, he's pretty much going to do anything he can to make money, and I mean like. Dallas has a long history of signing guys who have had problems with the law. It, it, that it's just happened, um, and they get to play, and they make Jerry Jones money. So I think that's why there's still a possibility for Deshaun to be able to play. Well, I, so I hear you. I hear you with that, and I agree 100% with you. NFL owners, they want to make money. They don't care how they make it. But mm -hmm. I think in the times that we're in – I truly believe, once again, if it was one or two women, I think most people will kind of turn. And once, I, I don't want to downplay, I, it's a pattern here. Mm -hmm. I know of teammates that have dealt with this struggle. This is a struggle. This is a habit. This has been something where they've been able to get away with. Play, players, People, when you get away with things, athletes, it doesn't matter. When you get away with things and, and, and you push it the next time and then you keep pushing and you keep going and it becomes it becomes your life. It becomes a part of you. And I mean I look at I look at that with even with uh Darren Sharper. You know, he got away with a lot of stuff nobody would have ever thought Darren Sharper would be around raping women and drugging women, doing all this stuff, but this is something that was done in the dark and when it's, it was just done so many times it caught up to him and I look at this situation the same way he did it so many times with multiple women and he may have had consensual sex or he may have had 
whatever it was with women at you know at, at, at different sessions uh, with his massage therapist. But I, I'm I, I just I think some women got fed up with it. I'm gonna tell you right now. I played in the game. I played this game. I was taking more hits, delivering more hits than he was maybe receiving potentially, right? I've had one massage therapist. I was getting two to three massages a week. And, you know, to have multiple massage therapists is crazy to me. He's been in Houston his entire career, right? Yeah. So to have. He hasn't moved. Right. 23 yeah. to 24 women working on him, what, in four to five years? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of massages from different women. I mean, of course, like a you got to massage your quarterback differently. You can't a massage therapist can't attack me the same way they would attack a, a, a quarterback. They can't attack me the same way they would attack a, a a wide receiver. Right? We we take different hits. So you do have some women or some men that are specialized with this, but to have twenty three to twenty four of them, most yeah, per, most of them from Instagram. Th- that's a pattern. That's just uh, okay. I'm gonna have you rub on me, and then let's see what can happen later on. I believe something happened. I believe some of these allegations. I really do. Like I, I don't believe this is just a a money play here. I don't think his lawyer did a good job with a lot of the uh, emails that were going out and trying to protect Deshaun. I think he stuck his foot in his mouth. I think he. You know, I, I really do. So I so I go back to this, and I, I believe Deshaun should have should have a second chance. I've said that before. I've talked about Carl Kyle uh, Larson with this. I I believe Ray Rice should have had a second chance, but we all know he didn't even get that. We looked at other players, as as you talked about, Jerry Jones have given players second and third chances. I believe we should we should be given another chance. I do. I really do. But I, I, I look at certain situations and I say, we can't look past this because I, I want to ask, can his image recover? But then at the same time, I'm looking like, can his image recover? That's like, that's us being, I want to still ask the question, but at the same time, it's almost like we're, we're neglecting the 23 to 24 women and potentially it may be more that just haven't come out, but yeah. will they recover from this? Right? Like, we gotta be honest. Like I believe he he should get a second chance, but I I I've, I say this all the time to so many guys that I train NFL DBs, NFL players, college guys, high school players. It's a privilege to play this game. It's a privilege, and when you go and you you use that against others, or you just don't care and you just reckless with the way that you walk around, shame on you. I, re- I believe that, shame on you. And so I guess I asked the question to you, can his image recover from these allegations? And at the same time, talking out of both ends of my mouth, like I, we need to hope that these women can recover because they're scarred. I know about that. I was, you know, touched as a young child. That scarred me. I was touched by a woman as a young child. Was I was doing things that I should have been doing. That scarred me. And when you abuse that and when you when you defile a lady or man, you take something from them. And so I, I want to make sure we, we are looking at the women, but I guess, you know, we look at this situation and say, can, can his image recover? 
Um, I mean, it's it's 50-50. I mean, if somehow there are 23 women that all lied, then yes, that's not likely that right. there's 23 women that all lied. So, I mean, I think it'll be more of a partially um, just because like even even with you, like you're not like a football like you you're not a football fan. You're not somebody that like, oh, I'm going to go watch my my favorite team on Sunday. <laughs> but you still give people second chances. Like you said, you still believe Ray Rice should have had a second chance. Right. So, they, I mean, there's definitely people that are like that. And so I think his image will partially recover because there are people that are forgiving that are willing to give him a second chance, you know, granted that, you know, he gets some help and fixes things. Um, but it, I mean, either way, a year from now, it's definitely going to look a lot worse. Whether, whether there's 23 women that managed to pull off a lie, I don't, that's not likely at all. Um, and then, I mean, even, even if that happened, his image still wouldn't look good because I mean, how do, how do you get caught in that situation? Like, how how did you get to the point where there's 23 people that you know made it believable enough that you could do that? Like, right. there's still something wrong there. So either way, it's yes, it'll recover. It's just how much will it recover? Right. Yeah, that's crazy. And so, I mean. Moving on, I mean, once again, this is a crazy thing, but these things need to be, need to be talked about. And 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 obviously, I've sat in those locker rooms. I've sat in those meeting rooms. I've dealt with players. I've played this game. I know kind of the way that they're going to attack, not attack, or whatever it may be. But situation, and we laugh and talk about, yo, all we got to do is wait. Something crazy is going to happen, right? <laughs> We're going to have... Topics. Yep. We're going to have things to talk about. That's how ESPN, mm -hmm. they're covering sports, but they're also covering the, the stupidity behind a lot of athletes. Now, mm -hmm. Richard Sherman, what in the hell happened? What happened? Um, yeah, so, I mean, it it, it it is crazy how we were literally just talking about <laughs> we have nothing to talk about, and the very next day uh, this comes out. But, I mean, it's... I mean, it was it was pretty bad. I think initially it was made out to be something else that seemed really bad because people were just saying domestic violence, and then it was like, well, his career's over. He he beat up a, his kid or his wife, um, which is not what happened. And I still don't I still don't understand like the burglary, domestic violence, um, like. And we we both watched that that video where they tried to describe it with Adam Schefter on the phone, um, like. He was maybe breaking in somewhere, but the, I also heard like he was just locked. They they locked him out of his own house so that he couldn't get back in because he was trying to fight his uncle. Um, but uh, either way, I guess he was drunk. Um, he was saying that like he was gonna kill himself uh, when his wife was like on the phone with the dispatcher. Who I would like to say that that dispatcher was terrible. <laughs> she like she she didn't help the situation at all. Right. Like obviously his wife was very worried about him and not like not necessarily like for herself but for him because like he was he had all kinds of suicidal comments saying if she calls the police he was going to fight with the police to try to get them to shoot him. Like that's mm. that's pretty that's pretty bad. Right. And 
the dispatcher definitely did not help at all. Um, and it's a completely different situation from like the Deshaun Watt. But really, if this is like you don't see something like this that often. Like usually you see something like Deshaun Watson or you see somebody have a DUI, which I think he might have actually technically driven. <laughs> I, I, th- I, think, I, I think there was the part. But I mean, it's to me, it's still a little bit different. Right. Um, and I think, and I, I don't, I don't know what caused it. They don't have anything. He hasn't been released. They said he can't be released until he's before a judge. Right. So you know, we don't really know what's going on with that. Um, but then, like putting it back into the football aspect, I think, you know, if he can get some help, if he's okay, I, he'll probably have to serve a little bit of time. Um, I think he'll still be put in a roster. Uh, Maybe after the season starts, I don't. I don't think, with how late into the summer and close to training camp that this happened, I don't think he'll get on a, a roster for training camp. Mm. Um, but I mean, he's still the type of guy where, he didn't go beat up his wife, so, I think he'll be on a roster to help out a team, whether he gets to play a lot or whether he's you know more there for being the old guy that knows, a lot about the game right. to help out the team. Uh, I look at this situation and I so I've been where Richard Sherman is right I believe I I look at I I look at all this and I think we all know I I truly believe we all know and, and I could be wrong but suicidal thoughts or having thoughts like that depression and everything else if if that's happening if we're depressed if that's happening that's that's happening right with 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 i think the liquor brings it out correct mm-hmm. I, I mean i could be wrong yeah. but i i thought the liquor just brought it out i i think yeah. richard is in a world right now that he's never been in he he's a fish out of water and with so many athletes, this happens. I ruptured my Achilles against the Cleveland Browns in 2014. Football, I made a promise to myself when I started playing the game of football and when I knew I was going to the National Football League. I've I always said, I played a game of football the game of football does not define me, right? I play this game, but this game isn't all that it, it you know, I, it's not all that there is, right? Mm-hmm. Not every player sees it that way. And I think a lot of people were shaken up and, and kind of stunned because you look at Richard Sherman, he's a smart, smart, brilliant dude. And everybody's like, whoa, like, how is this happening? For so many players, I, I just gotta be honest, right? I gotta be honest, and and I'm gonna be open. So what I'm about to say may offend, but please understand my heart. Growing up and playing football, living life, I had a coach, and then I had Herm Edwards, kind of come back and and say this again, but. He would always tell me, Bernard, keep your head on straight. There are two things 
in life that a man cannot defeat. This thing is taking down kings. Father Time has taken down a lot of kings, men and women. Father Time, Father Time, Father Time has taken down kings. And that thing between a woman's legs will take down kings. Now, obviously, other guys have dealt with the second part that I, I talked about. But the first part, Father Time, we can't play this game forever. We say in our uh, coaches, when, when I was drafted in 2006, when I was going, playing college football for three years, playing high school football, I would always hear you got a short window. And I tell my middle school players that right now. You got a short window to play this game. You, you don't got a big window. You can't play this game forever. This game is too physical. It's too violent to play whatever. Your body will not allow you. When I got hurt in 2014, I I came back. I, I bounced back after I rushed my Achilles. I was running after six and a half, seven months. I wanted to come back and play. And it was just like, I found myself, I'm like, whoa, my body's not working. I was 30 years old, 31 years old. And I'm like, man, you know, and sitting here at 36, like I was going back to play, was talking to teams and everything else, you know, and some of it, the body was getting older as far as the consistency, as far as keeping up with my workouts and the pace of my workouts and the intensity of my workouts, I had to cut back because I was like, whoa, I can't do what I was doing at 25, right? I truly believe at 33, Richard Sherman, 33, there, there have been times where he's trying to figure his way and get with his agent or him trying to talk to teams and, and to see what's happening and nobody's responding. Everybody's getting these young fellas. Father time is undefeated. It is. It's undefeated. And so for a lot of players that leave the game, they don't know how to deal with that. They don't know how to deal with a coach not calling back, a GM not calling back. They don't know how to deal with not being that top guy. There are a lot of guys out there right now, DBs, corners, and safeties, that are not being called back. Some of them may be 28, 29. Richard, 33. Yes, he's played at a high level. Has his play dropped off? Yes, it's dropped off drastically can he still help a db room yes can he play 17 games i don't think so i look I, I watch football i watch the play i watch and so i think he's at a point where he doesn't know how to deal with no he doesn't know how to deal with i had to cope with that when i was coming back to play i was talking to three or four teams but it was like so many other teams wasn't responding or if they did respond Man, you had a great career, but uh, we're not gonna come. We're not gonna go that way. We're, we we want to say with these young. Some guys don't know how to deal with that. I was able to wash my hands with it and say, you know what? Okay, cool. And I had to ask myself, could I play seventeen games? I probably couldn't. And this is the first time me, I guess the second or third time me outside of telling my wife, I gotta be honest, I probably couldn't play seventeen games. I play a physical game. I probably was going to be, I didn't been fined for almost $600,000. I wouldn't make it in this league. And that's what's off of my style of play. So my style of play would get me fined in today's NFL. And then my style of play wouldn't allow uh, me yeah. to play 17 games. So it's just like I don't even think, I don't even think your, your body would have been the problem. They would have just kicked you out. <laughs> right. So, 
I just honestly believe he's at a point where no, we're, we we want to wait. We're going to wait it out. This has never had to happen to him. This has never happened to him. Did he fight his way when he was a young man to make a roster being a a, a, a draft pick that he thought he should he should have went higher than what he did? That's, but he was still young and able to fight. It's harder now. And so I look at that and I'm like, man, this dude is dealing with a lot. But this is what a lot of NFL teams, they don't, the NFL period, they don't do a good job of helping the player transition from football. A lot of players still need a locker room. A lot of players still need to be able to put on equipment. A lot of players still need that affirmation. They still need to hear the crowd. They still need to go out on the field. They still, so they doing any and everything to do it. And father time won't allow you or your skill set for the younger guys. Some guys just don't have the skill set to play. They may get away with playing special teams for a few years, but other than that, they can't go and be. He's been a star in this league. He's been an outspoken star in this league. I think we all agree on that. And I think he's at a point in his life where it's like, yo, now he's got to be at home more. He's got to. A lot of coaches don't like their wives in college and pro. That's just what it is. Why do you think they're there all day? Hey, hey come on, man. I, I'm being honest with you. I'm going to be that dude that's going to be honest with you. Like, it's crazy inside that building. It is nuts. And I think this is where he is. When you are a starter for a football team, when you have been just all the accolades, Super Bowls, and, and everybody acknowledges you, they understand who you are, man, no. When you hear no, and even if we go back and talk about the Deshaun Watson, when you hear no, that's what you said, what? That's 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 a different language to a lot of, uh, of us. I'm gonna tell you a story. I, I remember, Alex, you might be too young, but my first second year in the league, I went to Acapulco, Acapulco, Mexico. I was supposed to be a senior in high school or a senior in college. I left as a true junior. I'm gonna tell you the power of the badge. When I say the or the shield, the power of the shield, the NFL. This is what a lot of guys don't know how to deal with when you leave. So I was in Acapulco, Mexico. Three of my other teammates that were in college, we were all teammates. We came into college together. They redshirted, I didn't. So they were on spring break. We all went to Acapulco. So we're in Acapulco. We, we, we go to a, uh, a go, we, I, I rented a, a condo, a condo in this like gated community in Acapulco. We're on like the 15th, 16th floor, whatever it may be. So we went to a club that night. Now I'm not a big, I don't mind a club, dude. I just told y'all on Twitter, I don't, I don't drink. I drink twice a year, and I, I may have had a, uh, I, I don't even think I drink. I might have had a Tito's and cranberry then. The lady called my dog on drink, girly drink. But nevertheless, we'll talk about that later. So I might have had a Tito's and cranberry. Nevertheless, we we end up leaving the club. We don't stay long. We end up leaving, but it's a long line. I told you it's at the top of the hill. So we get in the taxi. So all the cars are going down. So we're all in this line. We're in a taxi. I'm in the front seat. The other three are in the back seat. Now, these three dudes, Stanford and them, they all can attest to this story. So we're sitting here, and I remember our taxi driver blows the horn. So he blew the horn, but it was three cars in front of us where it, the Jeep, it was a red Jeep in front of us, had maybe six dudes in the Jeep. The car in front of them had maybe five to six dudes. The car in front of them had about five to six dudes. Do the math. So the, our taxi driver blows the horn. So he blows the horn. And the dudes turn around and get mad. 
So they jump out of the Jeep and then the two cars in front of them and they start running towards our car. So I turn and I say, get out. So I'm like, yo, because we couldn't roll the windows up. So I'm like, we got to fight. So I don't start fights, but I'll finish it. I get out the car. They get out the car, out the back of the car. We throwing down. What I'm fighting, we fighting 15, 16, 17 dudes. We get to fight them. And it was just one dude I, I hit, knock him down, fighting other dudes. Because I can't, with that many dudes, and there's only three or four of us, we can't stay on one guy for a long time. You got to hit and move, hit and move. So I'm hitting and moving, going. But the police end up getting us, backing us into the club. And uh, they got the guys in the car. I didn't, I, I, look, I'm proud to say I did not get hit one time. One other guy, he got hit, but he got hit. The police was backing us up. The other guy took his belt buckle off, had a big old, had a big, man, a big thing on the front of the belt, big buckle, whatever them things are called. And he swung it when the police had us backed up and hit one of my old teammates in the, in, right across the head and gashed him. Oh my gosh, we were, oh, we were so pissed. But nevertheless, we end up having to go to the hotel, go back to the condo. We go back to the condo and we get there and we thinking everything cool. We end up looking out the balcony and the guys that we had just fought, they're outside of our condo because it was gated with guns and I mean, and it's more of them now. So I had to make a call. So this is the power of the shield. This is what's hard for so many people to, they can't, they don't know how to adapt to real life now, right? I made a call to one of our detectives that was at the facility when I was at the Kansas City Chiefs. And I made a call to Lamont, and then Lamont, we call Dirt. We, we get we get everybody. They call the US Embassy. The embassy sends four black vans, big black vans, tinted windows. They come up, they unload, they come with machine guns and everything. Come get us, tell us, get all of our stuff, pack it. We get, all, we get out of the condo. They take us to the airport put us on a plane, this plane, out hundreds of seats. It's only four, three or four of us on a plane. Fly us back to Kansas City. And everything, nothing came out, everything was there, right? Nothing came out. That's the power of the shield. That's what's so hard. I mean, this is what you, you have everything in that building at, right there at your fingertips. It's hard to adjust to real life. Because when you're done playing, all of that stops. You can't walk through them doors no more. They don't just welcome you in that locker room anymore. They looking at the next batch and saying, okay, we got meetings, we gotta get these guys ready, caught up, ready to play and everything else. It ain't coming like that. So you lose all of that. Now, I, I still stay to this day, for guys to be getting in trouble, when you got detectives and everybody, we will get parked, we will get speeding tickets, take it to the police officers at the facility, those speeding tickets gone. Can't do that now. You better go pay that that uh, that, that speeding ticket. You better go through that, 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 that course to get that thing off after six months, whatever it may be. You don't have that. So it's hard to adjust. And that's, this is where I think Richard Sherman is at. It's hard for him to adjust. He's hearing no's. He's hearing no. nobody's calling back. I, I just think that's hard. And it's for a lot of players. You talk about suicide and everything else that have happened with players. It's hard. They, they're looking like, how do I live? Money ain't, money ain't a problem. Money ain't a problem for most of these dudes. It's about the life now. 
How do I be at home every day with my wife or my girlfriend? How do I see my kids every day without having to go to practice? How do wives look at their husband every day? They've been used to, okay, on Sunday, we go into the game. On Saturday, we're going to go out to dinner. Sunday, we go into the game. We got family. We got this and that. We got tickets. We take care of ticket orders. We got all this stuff. If we go to the Super Bowl, we always going somewhere. Now, all of a sudden, when it stops, and I'm not saying this, uh, I'm not saying this wife was being any kind of way, but I'm saying this lifestyle, especially for the player, it stops when you're not lacing up, strapping up to go out and play. It's hard. And I do not think the NFL do a, they, I, I do not think they do a great job of helping players transition. And this, this is where I think Richard Sherman is. Because if, once again, if we're talking suicide, we're talking all this other stuff, it's been there. The liquor just brought it out. It's been there. It's been there. Now, we don't really know the whole story, but I'm just telling you off of experience. Seeing other players, I went through the transition. I went through it. Not everybody see it my way. I, I would not allow football to define me. Football doesn't define me. That's why I cherish every friendship. I cherish every relationship, any encounter I have with people. I cherish that. I, I literally cherish it. I want to network. I want to see. I want to see other things. Football ain't all it is. Football was my talent, touching other lives and, and, and inspiring other people. That's my gift. Not everybody see it that way. They think, they think football is their talent and their gift, and it's not. We've got to see that. We've got to understand it. And this is exactly why we've got to get these players help. That's my thoughts, man. Sorry I went so long, Alex. What do you think about no. all of that? No, that was – I. you never told me that story. That was, I was probably only, what, six, seven yeah. when that happened. So, you know, I, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in with us today. Make sure you stay with us next time for Pollard to Pollard podcast. Take it easy. Peace.